0: Everyone, this is Where Credits Do, Tearsheet's podcast on all things lending. I'm your host, Yulia Ciutina, Managing Editor at Tearsheet, bringing you conversations with industry leaders to help us navigate these challenging times. With a recession looming, consumer spending and overall financial health is under pressure, creating a tricky environment for B2C fintech lenders. Moreover, in this highly inflationary environment paired with rising interest rates, it's tougher to find investors to back loan books. The appetite is now for higher yields and profitability, a complete 180-degree switch from last year's focus on growth at all costs. Most fintech lenders finance themselves with securitization, hedge funds, or banks, and reports started to surface on various fintech lenders finding it hard to sell their loans. Today, there's less demand for consumer loans, and lenders are tightening their credit books in response. The cautious approach narrative prevails in many interviews and conference calls. However, not every fintech lender is the same. There's many business models currently out on the market, and some are more successful than others. But to be honest, on most of them, the jury's still out. Most haven't been tested yet by a down market, which is one of the biggest hurdles to overcome for any lender. In this context, I sat down with Renaud Laplanche, CEO at Upgrade, one of the main direct-to-consumer fintech lenders in the U.S. We discussed the macro environment and how he designed Upgrade's business model in a way that's proving resilient during these turbulent times. Hi, Renaud. Thank you so much for joining the Where Credits Do podcast today really excited to talk about fintech lending and the business model behind Upgrade. But before we get into that, I'd like to start um, with talking about the macroeconomic environment we're currently in. There's a lot of chatter around an upcoming recession. There's less demand for consumer loans. And many lenders are tightening their books. So I want to ask, what's happening with Upgrade? Are you guys taking a more cautious approach? And what does that look like?
1: Yeah, so I think that's right. We we have the same uh, well, same information, same data uh, as everybody else. Uh, obviously, um, <clears throat> the the Fed raising rates rapidly um, <clears throat> is very likely to uh, to slow down slow down the economy over the last um, few months or, or quarters. Uh, so we are taking a prudent approach. Uh, We've tightened um, beyond the writing by about 30 percent right so um about 30 percent of um, loan or card applicants we would have approved um last year uh we would be declining this year um and we're generally li- giving out uh, smaller credit lines this year than, than we we did last year um so we're tightening credits um at the same time we I mean, were still still growing I mean, we we'll would be uh probably 70 to 75% um, um, higher revenue and, and sort of origination uh, this year compared to last year. Um, so we're not in full crisis mode, uh, just, just being uh, sort of prudent about where the economy is heading and um, really trying to protect the, uh, the track record of, of credit performance that we've established uh, over the last few years.
0: Yeah, for sure. And what's the timeline that you're kind of accounting for? Obviously, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen, but um, kind of if you were to take an airplane view of the situation, what's, are you, are you like, because I'm also wondering if the baselines are starting to be calculated a little bit differently, because obviously there was a shift in the pandemic. There's just been a lot of fluctuations over the past two years. So I wonder if that also skews a lot of the uh, growth figures and stuff.
1: Yeah, I think it, it probably does. I mean, if you look at uh, sort of our growth last year, I mean, last year we grew 300 percent, yeah, uh, four, four times. Uh, um, uh, twenty twenty revenue in twenty twenty-one, we went from hundred million revenue in twenty twenty to, um, uh, to to four hundred in, in twenty twenty-one. Um, so a lot of growth there that uh, was really fueled by a, a pretty benign credit environment. With um, sort of savings rates being high, a lot of the government subsidies are still uh, working their way through for the economy. A lot of pent up demand post um, post pandemic, uh, low interest rates, and and so on. Um, so the environment has has shift, shifted considerably. Um, and uh, again, we're slowing down. We're tightening credit in terms of of credit performance. Um, I think we first saw a. Of normalization of of credit uh, defaults, where we uh, so the two pandemic years um, had uh, sort of lower def- default and delinquencies than pre-pandemic. Uh, again, due in during large part to uh, uh, sort of government subsidies, um, and then we saw sort of defaults normalizing to the pre-pandemic level um, about six months ago. Um, and now we've passed that, uh, that threshold and we're, we're getting into a, a territory where we were seeing, um, sort of higher, higher risk, um, and, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. So that's, that's why we, we tighten and we, we hope that with the, the tightening measures we put in place, uh, again, we preserve, uh, probably the same credit performance we had last year, uh, but again, in a very, very different environment.
0: Yeah, for sure. How much does the target customer or I guess your customer base uh, matter when you're making these decisions? Because in our previous conversations, you also mentioned that uh, Upgrade decided to focus on customers that are a bit more stable economically. Um, so as opposed to other fintech companies or neobanks, uh they're you know focused on younger consumers or underbanked, but you decided to take a different route. So how would this hedge against this, I guess, upcoming um uh headwinds?
1: Yeah, I mean it that probably puts us in a better, better situation where right? our customers are very mainstream. So um Generally, around like forty year old, um, so people who have like twenty years of, of credit history. Um, average income is about one hundred thousand dollar individual income, so higher than average. Um, average credit score is about seven hundred, so pretty much pretty much average. Um, so these are generally consumers who um, are not running behind on their on their payments. They have pretty stable uh, employment. Um, and variance of no particular kind of economic stress. Um, but again, when the economy slows down, so all, all, all category, all segments uh, become more at risk, right? So um, again, we're, we're uh, sort of, uh, tightening as much as, as we have to uh, to protect the track record. Um, but I agree with you that we, we're probably in a better situation than um, those FinTech who focus more on near Prime categories or um or younger consumers uh or thinner file people who are like new to credit um because these segments uh, become sort of quite unstable in a in a uh, sort of slowing economy
0: Right. Yeah, because that's what I was thinking about as well in terms of uh, going direct to consumer is a competitive environment. And there's a reason why some segments of the market have not been as tapped as uh, others by the incumbents, by the big banks or um And now the new fintech wave is coming in to address uh, these gaps in the market, but now we have the uh, obviously kind of unfortunate macroeconomic situation that's causing a lot of moving pieces to move that's in a very different environment compared to last year. Um, so, kind of considering all these moving pieces, considering the competition that exists now in in B two C, because it does look different than what it did last year or even the year before that. What do you think it takes to be successful in the B two C market?
1: Uh, oh, wow! That's uh, <laughs> a broad, uh, broad question. Uh, what does it take to be successful? Well, I think. I mean, uh, I mean, I, th- I think there are many ways um, to uh, many paths to success. Um, the one we've chosen that has worked well for us um, is really product innovation. Um, we're trying to craft products that um, sort of are innovative in a way that brings more value to consumers. We're trying to craft responsible products that really sort of put more money in people's pockets. Um, and uh, by sort of helping our customers uh, sort f- um get into a better uh financial situation better credit situation uh we believe uh, that will reward us with uh so with better credit performance and uh, more uh customer loyalty and, and uh, refer more of their friends and colleagues and, and it will also all back come back to us in a positive way um and, uh, and so we're very attached to, to making this sort of consumer-friendly, responsible uh, product. So I think upgrade card, probably the, the epitome of that, it's, um, it's a new kind of credit card uh, that we believe is more responsible than traditional cards. Uh, it's um, it's a, a, an installment card, right? so at, at the end of each month, uh, the balance on the card turns into an installment plan that our customers pay down every month for the fixed rate with fixed monthly payment. Um, so it really comes with a sort of forced discipline of paying down the balance every month, which is sort of a, the opposite of what uh, traditional card issuers do, which is like trying to keep people in debt as long as possible by requiring a, a very small monthly minimum payment. Um, so instead of that, we're really sort of encouraging uh, our customers to, to use credit when they need it, uh, but, but really have the discipline to pay it down every month. And and they can choose how quickly they pay it down, could be a year, two years, three years, and based on their ability to repay or the comfortable way based on their budget. Um, but but it, uh, it does have this like straight line amortization. Uh, that, that is is really uh, sort of better for consumers. Um, it helps them save on the cost of interest because the balance comes down faster. Um, and 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 generally, I think it it helps them sleep better at night because they they're paying down their debt uh, every month and not getting into that sort of ballooning um, credit card uh, revolving credit card debt that, that so many um, so many people uh, sort of fall into.
0: Yeah and so many people are used to that as well and that's kind of what they've uh, almost ended up uh, expecting from a credit card provider and um, this also segues a little bit into my next question, which is around customer acquisition and how do you get into the mind of a customer to uh, respond to your brand, respond to the product that you've put ahead and kind of create that bridge of trust that we're, I'm not here to rip you off like the 99%. I'm here to help you out.
1: Yeah, so it's uh, it's a lot about messaging, and it's a lot also about like, surfacing um, the, the reviews and ratings, right? If you if you go on the uh, sort of app store, um, we I think we're like four a good app with four point nine um, stars, so the highest rated uh, financial app. Um, if you go online um, and look at credit Karma, or Google reviews, or Money Tree. All the sites that encourage customers to post reviews, uh, we're among the highest rated uh, as well. Um, and we also, I think, when you experience the product, right? So there's this first step of, hey, should I even bother dealing with this company? You see the reviews. Okay, maybe let's give it give it a shot. And I think we make the experience, trying to make the experience as uh, of low stress as possible and as helpful as possible. So there's a lot of information along the way. Um, there's, uh, again, we're trying, trying to, to push values like responsible credit um, that I think a lot of consumers understand are good for them. Um, we provide a lot of tools like credit health uh, that lets you so check your credit score for free, get access to... Um, of content uh simulation tools uh, where you can sort of simulate the impact of financial decisions on your credit score uh, all, all that is provided for free I think all, all these features really sort of help um build trust over time um and and um, really now that we have so, uh both credit products also banking products with rewards checking and, and um and um, so a savings account uh, that we just launched uh, last week. Um, that we, we, we see the rate of uh, sort of cross-selling or adoption of the next product from existing customers. Uh, but it's a very high rate. So I think um, our customers really sort of, uh, reward us for our approach uh, by sort of being more loyal and, and uh, being more likely to adopt the, the next product.
0: wonderful um when you, when you aim to reach your target customer base but then it's there's also as we've mentioned the macro environment i'm wondering how you think about scaling the business so what's the scale that upgrade is comfortable at and do you have any target scale that you would you aim to achieve while obviously maintaining that balance of underwriting discipline credit risk and everything that comes with it
1: Yeah so I think the uh, the goal is to uh, sort of keep uh, keep building up really as a suite of products and, and really be sort of more helpful to more people and, and uh, uh, be able to help our customers in sort of their main sort of life occasions uh, so we spent a lot of time in the last couple of years uh, sort of really sort of helping building building products that help uh, our customers uh, with like everyday uh, life decisions right so um upgrade card uh, really helps for like every sort of small credit need. Um, rewards checking, uh, is the, the only checking account that provide up to like three um, uh, percent rewards, three percent cash back on on everyday expenses. Um, we launched a, a sort of hybrid card called one card um that uh acts both as the sort of equivalent of a debit card where you you can use it for everyday purchases and and uh sort of um debit the um the 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 charges directly from your bank account um or you can switch it to pay later so there's a pay now and a pay later function and um pay later um, you, you get the benefit of the line of credit and the, the typical um upgrade card features of straight line amortization, low rates, no fees, and and so on. Um so we've focused a lot on on, on that now. Um I think we're also adding products uh, these days that are more about like bigger, um bigger decisions, so like savings account, things really. Uh, uh, by, by paying 3.5% uh, on on savings account, that's the highest rate in the country. So again, it helps put more money in our customers' pockets and have them save for the future and and, and really plan better for the future and and, and budget.
0: Finding that high yield uh, savings accounts are are having a lot of traction. Is this uh, is this something that's really appealing to customers?
1: For sure. I mean, uh, yeah, savings accounts got cool again. Uh, yeah, exactly. Not, uh, exactly. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's been a few years. Uh, mean, it hasn't been cool for, uh, maybe five <laughs> to, to 10 years. Um, yeah, now you can yeah, earn 3.5%. I mean, you don't need to make investment, complicated investments. You just put your money in the savings account. I mean, it works. It works for you. Um, so yeah, there was, yeah, we've seen a lot of, a lot of success uh, just in the last I mean that's our fastest growing product by by far it's only been a few days but it's uh um, we've, we've never seen that kind of growth with with uh, any of our products um so yeah I think I think it it, it matters it comes at the right time really help uh sort of people at the, at the time they, they need it and, and give give them a sort of risk-free alternative um to 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 earn um, to earn a really really decent interest. Um, and then, so moving into next year, um, so we're launching a home improvement financing uh, product that we, we we think is helpful to our customers. Um, I mean, a lot of people have delayed their plans to buy a new home, right? With home prices still being high, but mortgage rates um, being at 7% now, uh, which hasn't been the case for, for 40 years. Um, and, and so less people are buying a house, so it means they're gonna uh, sort of need, need to do more sort of home renovation project and then uh, do the best they can with the house they already have. Um, so we believe that that product is going to be useful. Uh, and then moving into next year, we're looking at more sort of auto uh, financing probably get into mortgage um, in the next couple of years. Um, so the plan is really to sort of continue building the the suite of product and and really become a sort of mainstream uh, sort of consumer brand that, that people love. Um, I think we I mean, we're getting close to that. If you look at our NPS net promoter score, like seventy eight, it, it's really high promoter score. All of our referral programs work really, really well. Um, so I think people really love the brand, they love the product. Uh, so we're going to keep doing it, keep doing more of it, and and giving our customers um, really so sort of more, more of what they love.
0: That's great. Tell us about talk to us about the challenges of the of the business as well, because there there must be. Um you know, a lot going on on this front as well, running a digital consumer-facing lending business. Uh, So (laughs) tell us about the challenges.
1: Yeah. How much time do you have? Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, for sure, it's, uh, yeah, we (laughs) we sort of, we try to make it look easy, but (laughs) there's a lot going on uh, to to, to make it it all happen. Um, And it's... um, so, uh, I mean, just to name a couple, I mean, I think we're, we're really sort of trying to bring some sort of innovation into every, every part of the process. So for example, for um, uh, so financing loans and, and, uh, and credit card receivables, uh, we work a lot with credit unions. Um, so credit unions tend to have a lower cost of capital or lower return hurdle than, than banks. Um, right, so instead of selling um loans and card receivables to, to banks, in addition to selling to banks, we also sell to a lot of credit unions, um, which again gives us a sort of lower cost of capital. We can pass on lower lower rates to uh to consumers, so everybody everybody wins. Um it's it's a way for credit unions to get access to um um to, to loans and card receivables, but they, they wouldn't originate on, on their own. Um and um, so it, it's all good, <laughs> but the reason it hadn't been done at scale before, it's it's very complicated, right? You, uh, there are membership requirements, there are geographical uh, restrictions. Um, there are a lot of credit unions are relatively small, so you, you sort of like need to aggregate a large number of credit unions to really make it work. So we have a direct relationship with... Uh, over two hundred um small banks and credit unions now um, so so all of that takes time to build um, it takes uh sort of a lot of technology to make it sort of easier on on everyone um but at the end of the day, I think it it creates a sort of ecosystem where uh sort of consumers have access to responsible products put more that put more money into their pockets. Um, small banks and credit unions have access to, to consumers they wouldn't otherwise have access to, and they can get more members uh, that way. Um, so I think there's yeah lots of benefits on, on both sides of the of the marketplace, both sides of the platform, um, but certainly a, a, a slow build and uh, so a lot of technology and processes uh, that need to be invented uh, for, for the first time because it's, it's never been done before.
0: Yeah, for sure, and it's a really interesting setup—the uh, one you've created with the network and uh, being able to not take loans on your balance sheet, but be able to pass that and sort of do this like very complicated uh, Excel spreadsheet of matching assets and liabilities of hundreds of credit, bank, credit unions and small banks.
1: Yeah. Well, th- thankfully, thankfully, it's not a spreadsheet anymore. It, it started as a
0: spreadsheet.
1: <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a little better.
0: well wonderful we have the the technology to help us out um yes but um what about challenges pertaining to specifically doing something pertaining to consumer consumer business where you have to respond to consumer needs and to create products that are tailored to specific consumer i guess demographics audiences or or credit you know risk profiles um so Tell us about that kind of creative process, but also within, right, the natural limitations.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think innovation um, needs to be enabled by a few things, right? First, there's sort of people, right, um, trying to hire people who are not satisfied with the status quo and, and really want to sort of try something new. Um, there's, there's culture, so it's really uh, sort of, the culture of innovation means you uh, sort of uh let people sort of take initiative and then make mistakes, right? So you need to have the right sort of risk framework around it, uh, but also some um, ability for, for people to uh to try things that are, are not gonna work out. Um and then there's there's also technology, right? So it's people, culture, technology. Um, I think we, we built a platform architecture. That facilitates uh, product innovation. It's very uh, componentized, so uh, it's a microservices architecture. Each um, each service uh, has its own, it's of self-contained, its, of its own sort of database and, and and set of APIs uh, that connects them to the other services. Um, so if you look at, I mean, and that really helps uh, sort of um rearrange uh, these different services in a different way to create new products and, and reuse uh, a lot of it so if you if you look at um uh sort of personal loans and credit cards are two very different products very different uh, experience for consumers uh, yet the, the code base is 70% identical um so a lot of that can can be reused and that really helps um to sort of, Create, uh, launch, and test new products faster, um, and um, and and yeah. As, as I said, I mean, it's we, we don't get it right every time, right? Uh, so I mean, take uh, and sometimes just the environment changes. I mean, take the Bitcoin rewards card, for example. Um, I mean, we launched that product at the time there was a lot of excitement around Bitcoin and the uh, Bitcoin price was uh, uh, hitting a new record uh, seemingly every day or every week. Um, and so a lot of people wanted to get in on the action. So uh, we, we launched this program where instead of uh, getting cash back, you get uh, Bitcoin back. So you get same like 1.5% but in, in Bitcoin. Um, and out of the gate, that was ten like percent of uh, all the, the cards we were sort of issuing. Um, so, a so lot of like immediate innovation. And uh, then, as Bitcoin prices came down and and, and people got less excited, um, I think now it's more like two of, percent uh, of, our, of our new cards. Um, so again, things change. Consumer um, appetite for things change um uh, but it's it's all part of the process and so some some products uh, aren't going to be uh immediate success so, so some are going to be great success early on out of the gate and and then maybe uh, uh doing over time um I, I think our products like one card i was referring to earlier that that um sort of works at both pay now and pay later it's sort of the opposite. It takes a lot of um, education, a lot of explaining, um, because it's never been done before. And people don't wake up in the morning thinking, hey, uh, today I'm going to look for a card that combines my debit card and my credit card. Um, so there are a lot of benefits of doing that, but it's uh, it's not something people are, are searching for on Google uh, just because it didn't exist before. Um, so, uh, so it's really the, the other way around it's, it's going to be a slow start, uh, we know it's not going to be an overnight success, but, but we think it can become, uh, sort of one of our main products in the next two to three years, because there are just so many advantages of, um, of combining this.
0: To read the transcript of our conversation, head over to tearsheet.co and make sure you subscribe to Where Credits Do, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be out with a new episode every two weeks, bringing you conversations with industry leaders on the ever-changing lending landscape. And if you're interested in more content, you can subscribe to our lending newsletter and briefing in your inbox every other week. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the next one.